Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man. One microphone. And one medium-sized coffee. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the show. I wanted to give you guys the most comprehensive explanation, both written and verbal, and hopefully visual, of trailer hits. When I first started out... I was like, yeah, I know what an orchestral hit is. <laughs> I'm really clever. <laughs> yes, I know what a drum hit is. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, I've heard of Tycho's. <laughs> you know, little did I realize there was a whole new world of explosions I had not explored. You know, one trailer hit is not the same as another trailer hit. You could tell, I mean, you don't need to tell any music supervisor who is listening. You know what I'm talking about. Any editors who are listening. I mean, you're probably thinking, Rich, this, this is going to be at least three podcasts worth of material. And I'm saying, yeah, I'm not going in full depth, dude. Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because, I mean, obviously hits are one of our biggest tools, you know, literally and... Uh, uh, not. <laughs> they are one of the most useful tools to immediately trailerize something. Because to be honest, trailerization is just basically making the track have elements of the huge, elements of the massive, elements of the of the over the top. And these do so much for us. And it's and it's about cinematic transitions as well. You know, you listen to the 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 best trailer cues that, that land the best trailers, they are absolutely crammed full of different hits and different transitions. You know, I'm not saying that's all they are. I'm saying you can hear these composers and producers think about their transitions a lot. Because actually, I always thought trailer hits were kind of just like cymbal crashes. Bosh, emphasis. But they're not. They are so much more than that. I mean... They are transitions too, which is kind of all they are to me, other than that. But I have grossly underestimated the importance of cinematic transitions. I mean, risers, yes. I know and love them very well. But thinking of hits as transitions, rather than necessarily just a boom or a smash or explosion, is really, really vital. So... I'm going to talk about all the different types of hits that I think are relevant to us as composers and producers. I've probably missed some out. You're probably thinking, Rich, I can't believe you missed out on the neoclassical boom swish hit. Uh, but, you know, I'm going overarching things here, guys. 
really, really useful things that are important to what we do as, as trailer composers and cinematic composers. Because we want to see, most of us, if, if we're uh, landing trailers, we're probably also landing TV shows, we're probably also landing ads, we're probably also landing promos, whatever it is, because our music has cinematic qualities. So, let's dive in. First, first and foremost, is my favourite. The Swish Hit. I mean, the thing I like about the Swish Hit is... You can hear it in the name, Swish Hit. <laughs> it's basically a hit with a swish, a whoosh, a pre-roll before the main attack of the, of the drums and the percussion. And the reason I like these is because these are kind of like everything all wrapped in one. They are normally so full of fantastic frequencies that they are f- sub-heavy as well as top-end heavy. They are the drums have just exploded in your face hits. But it's not just the explosion. It's the kind of, it's the pre-roll, the cymbal roll, the reverse audio that happens beforehand which gives this hit the power of the transition as well as the explosion of the impact. Now this one is really straightforward. If you if you just kind of think of it as like in really simple terms, you've kind of got your drummer doing a cymbal roll on the ride, another drummer doing a, a very, very short snare roll just before, and then the snare, the floor tom, the kick, the crash, the china, the ride all being splooshed at the same time. Now, the thing about this one is they're not generally metal heavy. So I know I said cymbals and stuff like that, but they're, they're generally more crunch and smash heavy. I'm going to be using words like that, which are entirely technical terms, just so you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't like to get into the details particularly of uh, frequencies, but uh, the swish hit, this is the trailer hit, basically. Most trailer hits will have a pre-roll, a pre-hit, a swish, a transition before the hit. And these are so fantastic and so useful. That's why we've got so many libraries that do them. You know, Rise and Hit by Native Instruments, uh, Rise Eng Pro by Keep Forest, and all the different risers, all the different swishes that have hits. Impact Designer. There's so many of them that will have this swish hit creation in them, and they're fantastic. My favorite way to approach these is drag and drop samples. So I will have one of these tools and I will go into the wave files and drag them rather than having to do the whole faff of like, okay, play this in, is it in time? Because some of them aren't. And oh, no, no, it's not right now. And then I just end up exporting the audio anyway. So swish hit. Classic. Now next one, sub booms, or just booms. But these are... These are like the drum equivalent of the distant horn Brahms. It's the, a giant has just fallen from the sky so far away that none of the top end frequencies hit you. You just hear this. It's almost like that sound that you'd, you'd hear if there was an explosion underwater. Almost, you know. 
I love these, particularly for silence, silent, not silent moments, but very, very quiet moments. So the beginning of Act Act One, the stop down in between Act Two and Three, you know, and then into Act Three. These are so useful. But the thing about sub booms, you really have to be hard with the with the uh, with the high cut on the frequencies because they basically just want to be subs you know up to sort of 100 possibly 200 hertz and they need a nice like nice lovely long tail when you can give them a bit more mid frequency if you'd like but for me the sub booms are just you know really far off in the distance and the reason that that happens is because when sound big things happen in the distance uh Long frequencies, i.e. bass frequencies, travel further, so they don't get filtered out by all the chaff. <laughs> Literally, in these fields, chaff. Anyway, which kind of brings me on to my next one, which is distant hits, which isn't the same thing, because they're not so distant. So sub-booms generally don't have pre-hits. They generally don't, but you can obviously have them as well. You know. Distant hits are what you would imagine halfway between that and a swish hit. It's the giant falling from the sky, but it's not so far away. It's a little bit closer, so you can hear the sound of the houses being crushed. So it's not just like, it's like, with the sub-frequencies. Again, these are good as like a progression from the sub-boom. Use them in Act 1, potentially Act 2. You can use these, you can use like Tycos with the top end rolled off with a Tyco roll. It's just thinking about the progression of this track, things starting far away and getting closer and closer. You know, you start with the sub boom, then it's the distant hit, and then it's the swish hit, you know, and then it's the death match hit, whatever it is. That's <laughs> just made up. So moving, moving on to things getting closer, the metallic hits. I'm not a huge fan of metallic hits. And what I'm talking here is I'm not necessarily just talking about the anvil hits that you'd hear in classical music. I'm talking about it's just basically a hit that has a, a large amount of metal frequencies. Or I don't want to say metal frequencies, but metal timbres is the correct term. Now, why would you use... Why would you... Why? I mean, why? Why would you need a metal hit? Surely the swish hit has everything. Yes, but sometimes the metal cuts through. Sometimes when you're doing a track that's kind of industrial, you want that kind of clang. Horror's good with metallic hits. You know, you want a, the sound of somebody's head dropping onto a big oil drum. Bang! <laughs> you know? All these different timbres, different different materials, that is, that are resonating, will create a different sense and a different feeling, a different landscape. So although I do a lot of organic horror thriller stuff, I don't often use the metal hits because they have a very, very distinct feeling about them, a very distinct sound to them. So I think like Damage has like dumpster hits, which are great, and they cut through the mix really nicely, which again is a good thing about the metallic hits, but... You know, they're not, I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, maybe you need to convince me, guys. Um, but anyway, 
when you're using metal hits, you don't need to think about them just as metal. They can be a swish hit that has a lot of metal sounds in it. It just cuts through differently and it feels like it needs to have a different situation. I wouldn't use a metallic hit in like an epic orchestral track if it was just orchestra, that is. I'd use a metallic hit in sort of a hybrid or a sound design cue. But that moves me on to Foley. Foley is like when you capture the sound of something real. You know, snapping a cucumber and using that as your hit. Now, Foley trailer hits aren't necessarily snapped cucumbers, but they have this feeling about them. It sounds like someone slamming a car door, but epic. You know, someone is snapping a cucumber, but epic. How do you make it epic? Compress it, put it in big reverbs. Or layer it with a sub-boom. Give it a swish hit. Give it a pre-roll before the, you know, a little bit of a nice, a nice cheese roll before the cucumber gets snapped. <laughs> so fo- Foley is great for horror. Great for horror. You know, a snapping cucumber sounds terrifying. You know, or, or even like a, a marrow being squashed by a hammer. Because it has this, this quality to it that no other hits have, because you know it's not, it's not the timbre of drum skins, it's not the timbre of plastic, it's not the timbre of metal, it's something else, something in real life. And that's the thing about the Foley hits, is they need to feel like they're almost like every day. But epic. <laughs> They are different to our next one, which is organic hits. Organic hits are kind of like somewhere between a swish hit and a foley hit. It doesn't quite feel, it doesn't feel synthesized. It feels real, but not like cucumber in the fridge real. It feels, it's got warmth to it. It's got life to it. There might be a little bit of delay on some of the impacts, so it's not all like tight, bang, quantized. It might be a bit slapdash. But it feels organic. And I don't mean, you know, like the Soil Association organic. I mean tangible and real. Not Foley, like someone's just recorded you slumming a door, but that layered with a sub-boom, layered with a Tyco or something like that. Then we're going to go on to the orchestral hit, which is, which is like, for me, I love the orchestral hit because it's where, you know, I mean, this, this is where Stravinsky comes into the conversation because it came from his Firebird suite. And a, an orchestral hit is basically all the instruments of the orchestra, bang, hitting at the same time. Usually the same note. Timpani, cymbals, woods, violins, strings, brass, you know, and then that obviously got sampled to death with hip-hop in the 80s and 90s, and then in pop in the 90s and 80s. Um, so, and then it got put onto keyboards. <laughs> so we all have orchestral hits on keyboards. You know, think about Michael Jackson. Uh, is it bad? Bam, 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 bam. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that is bad, isn't it? Yeah, the start of bad, orchestral hits. These are fantastic because when I think about the keyboard orchestral hits, I think, oh, that's disgusting. I don't ever want to use them. But then when I think to myself, it's just all the instruments 
hitting it at the same time. I go, oh, actually, I do that quite a lot. <laughs> I just put a pre-roll on it. And you use this for emphasis. To emphasise a part of what you're doing. I mean, you could argue that you do orchestral hits most act threes because everything's hitting at the same time, but they're hitting. They're not starting a note. You know, so it's good for percussive stuff, this. Um, orchestral hits. And it's good for horror. You still get a lot of orchestral hits in horror, but they're usually sort of atonal orchestral hits where it's not just one note. It's, it's a cluster. You know, <laughs> that was a cluster, by the way. Which moves you on to horror hits. Again, horror hits, usually the thing that defines a horror hit is they have a little bit of foley, they have a little bit of organic, they have a little bit of swish, they have a little bit of everything, and then they have some screams. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like on top of a hit. It has something terrifying, screeching violins or screaming people, basically. Um, it is usually screeching strings or screeching something to kind of give it that kind of fright aspect. And it might have a very, very quick rip or riser into the note, you know, rip before the note. And it might be a little wonky as well. You know, things not quite landing. You know, that type of thing. Not quite landing at the same time. And it's for the element of like, oh, oh, element of shock and surprise. And they're usually thrown in when you're not expecting them. Or if you are expecting them, they sound unexpected. Hence the wobbly sounds. I, I, I mean, I like the horror hits, but I just love a swish hit. What can I say? What can I say? Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's two more that I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, one of them is the underwater hit. I was in two minds as to whether to include this, because this for me is essentially the sub-boom. Because you want to think about the way the the sound frequencies work. But then I was thinking, actually, it's kind of like the hits you would imagine that you would hear on a submarine. You know, explosions underwater, sonar, that type of thing. It has a very, a very unique quality that isn't just a sub-boom in the distance. You know, the, 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 the reverb isn't quite as long. Uh, it feels muffled, but it's still got something to it which you don't necessarily get with sub-booms and distant hits, you know? So if you're not sure about this one, it's just, it's just thinking about it like as if it's, it's in a submarine. And when, would you, when the hell would you use an underwater hit if you're writing a track that is designed for that type of thing? And this is more like the world of editors, to be honest with you. But if you're writing a track that, you know, like... What was it? I want to say The Taste of Water. What was that movie? Uh, the Smell of Water? The feel of water? I can't remember. That wanted a lot of water feeling to it. So that would have been perfect for an underwater hit. But like I said, we get, we're getting now into that area where, okay, you just put a descriptive word before the word hit and you're into an, its own subgenre. And you do get this with some hit libraries where it's like leafy hit, woody hit, you know, woody epic hit. You know, so I mean, the, the world is your oyster when it comes to textures and genres and genres. You merge any of those three, and you can create your own thing of hits. But it's got to be focused on what situation you are using it in. 
you know? Like you wouldn't chuck a horror hit on an uplifting piano track. Well, you could do, but it might feel a little out of place unless it's a horror track that's supposed to be sort of twisting this beautiful uh, you know, piece of piano music. It's all about context. You've got to think about what context you're using the stuff in. And that sometimes it's very difficult because you get so wrapped up in what you're doing that you forget to think about the context. And that's what this stuff is all about. You almost have to approach your track like like a trailer ed- ed- editor would. How am I transitioning from this section to this section? What hit is going to be most effective? What textures and timbres are going to be most effective here? Which brings me on to the last one. I'll, let, I'll save this one to last because it's kind of like the pick and mix. It's the hybrid. The hybrid hit. Uh, and for me, these have a little bit of everything but the main element here is the mixture of organic and electronic. That's where the hybrid hit sits. And it sits in... Da-da-da! Hybrid stuff. I'm not going to go on too much about that because I feel like you got the gist of it. I've been talking about hits uh, so much so that I've kind of forgotten the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> I think if you're going to say any lesson from this... And no, the lesson isn't to go podcasting when it's a windy day. Uh, Not to go podcasting when it's a windy day. The lesson here is for you to understand that there are so many subtle tools in the impact world that you can use to help your track grow and become a thing of its own. It doesn't have to be just a case of hey, you know what, I'm just going to chuck this massive swish hit here and this massive swish hit here because they sound massive. Think about it in the same way you'd think about some of you, your synth lines. I've seen you sitting there tweaking your knobs for ages. And the same with you orchestral writers, thinking about all the different articulations. It's the same with your hits. Think of them as a colour that you are adding to your canvas. And they will really lift a track. I mean, like I said right at the start, they are a surefire way to trailer trailerize anything. Because they are a kind of unique vocabulary to the trailer world, really. I mean, you get it in other genres too, but not in the same way. The, the cinematic transitions are part of our compositions and all these different hits are there for us to use and utilize. And they're so important. This goes out to anyone writing stuff for films and things as well. You don't have to go for the big cinematic swish hits, but, you know, understanding how the sound works and why you're going to use a sub-boom here and why you'd use a horror hit here, and it really helps you to understand how to let your track grow and become its own thing in and of itself. Anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying this. Go check out the post. I'll put it in the link in the show notes. Uh... And if you haven't had time, please take a couple of minutes to review the show. I really would appreciate it. Like I said, just because it kind of gives me a funny feeling in my tummy. Uh, and, I, you know, it's nice to hear, hear that you guys are enjoying the show. Anyway, I hope you guys are well and I hope you're enjoying your week and I shall see you in the next episode. <laughs> Amazing.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I have something really, really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.